We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Welcome to the Barcelona Podcast, episode 187, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and sponsor betonline.ag. It's Unmissable Opinions, brought to you by the most influential voices in the FC Barcelona community. I'm Dan Hilton, he's Frances Tomas. Frances, how's the family holding up? Yeah, we're all good. Hola, Gules. Uh, we're all good. We're just bored out of our brains, really. Um, there's only so much um, nothing that you can do. <laughs> um, but we're using the, t- the time effectively. Um, obviously, lots of Disney movies for the girls. But, um, you know, sometime for reading, sometime for, um, I've got some little projects here, there and everywhere that I'm, that I'm taking attention to. And obviously watching some Boston matches as well. Uh, reminiscence of the good old days, really. Well, today we are going to be drafting teams going back and forth of the 1900s. So that being any time from the start of the club, basically in 1899 until 1999, excluding some certain players like a Xavi and a Puyol that, played the majority of their career in this century. But that's what we are doing today. But before we get to that, we do want to hit on one little piece of business. And then we do want to just give you a little bit of a hint of what we've been watching, update you on that. So let's start this with an unfortunate piece of news just coming out today is that Pep Guardiola's mom passed away. And Frances, we have not really been talking about current events. And this is kind of a reminder of why you and I are not talking about current events at the moment, because we, again, hope that everyone who's listening and their families is everyone is safe, healthy, and yeah, isolation is difficult, but just getting through this time with life. Um, again, special thank you to so much of our healthcare workers in all the different countries around the world. You know, The only way humanity survives is, is through their efforts on the front lines attacking this. And again, every time that somebody in the public eye, like a Pep Guardiola, who lost his mother at 82 years old, whenever they lose somebody, I hope that anyone who is still not considering to take it seriously. I just hope that continues to put that wedge in their mind that you have to take this seriously and do your part, and then the world might go back to normal sometime. 100%. Um, I am devastated to hear that um, Dulos Guardiola's mom passed away, but then again, there's 
over a million cases around the world now, over 13,000 cases in Spain. Um, I don't know the exact number for, for Barcelona, but it must be around three to 4,000 because obviously everything in Spain seems to be centered around Madrid. So Madrid is where it's, it's been hit the, the worst, but Barcelona and also Sevilla, Andalusia, etc. are being hit as well. Um, as you said, let's, let's just take it seriously. Uh, with, I don't want to be talking about this for too much longer, though, because um, I know there's um, information overflow. So let's just um, let's just go back to our Barca business. But guys, do take care, please. Yep, much agreed. So instead of even getting to the Barca business, I guess it kind of works out this way. I, I want to just tell people about what we've been watching so far in this time with, with without football before we get to our, our drafting. So for me, I'll go first, Frances. I have... At the moment, and it's been interesting to me because I just finished the second season of the series Sunderland Till I Die about the former Premier League club, now League One club in the UK. It is, again, a major, huge, gigantic club in England. Their team playing in the Stadium of, of Light, that being Sunderland, that should be in the Premier League, but for a lot of different mismanagement and a lot of different reasons. So they are a team that is just continuing to struggle. So we obviously know where they are at present day, but it's all about kind of how they get there. And for me as a Barca fan, it was interesting going through this series because we kind of do forget the privilege. And I, I, you know, I always ramble on about it, that I feel like Barca fans sometimes, you know, they do, they come off as spoiled and Barca fans have done a ton of winning. And when things aren't working or it looks like the board isn't doing a good job or it looks like the finance of the club uh, are in complete chaos, you still forget that Barca still seem to have, I mean, an outpouring of money always at their disposal. And when you say that it could be worse, it could be much, 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 much worse. And it, again, is a harrowing tale that football is not a given and that success is not a given. And success, can, and success I, I know Sunderland weren't Manchester United or Liverpool back in the day, but Sunderland are still a big, big club, again, with 45,000, 50,000 people that they could fit into their stadium. So it is almost a reminder that we got to take, don't take Barcelona for granted, I think is the message there. Then I was also watching Barca Dreams on Netflix as well, which is, it's a documentary about Barcelona that does a little bit of the history. And I got to admit, it is a bit of propaganda. It's enjoyable for Barca fans, but I don't know who else it would be enjoyable for. And then the last thing I was watching was uh, something on, again on Netflix called The English Game. And that was basically about the uh, the beginnings of the FA Cup back in the 1870s, uh, just around that era. And it's, it's dramatized and things are historical inaccuracies, which are really get my goat, Frances. I really, I prefer these features to be historically accurate, but they do, they combine characters and do all those different things in story, story working. But I found that it is something that you can watch with, uh, you know, my wife and I have been working through it because it's not just in the way the Barca Dreams is just about football. It's just, it's got a little bit of extra stuff. There are B storylines that aren't related to football at all. So I watched that as well. Dialogue is clunky, but hey, it's something to watch. Uh, and Frances, other than some old games, I want to know what you've been watching. <laughs> I don't think you want to know. Um, we've been watching Peppa Pig a lot. Oh, nice. Um, Pep, yeah, Peppa Pig is a fantastic character. She's very knowledgeable. She's very nice to her family. So we've been watching her a lot. Um, then we seem to have Disney Channel on pretty much the whole time. Not not the Disney Channel, but the one with the movies. So we watch I don't know The Incredibles two, Aladdin, Rapunzel, all of them, all of them. Um, I rarely get time to watch the TV sort of for myself, and that happens at night when they go to sleep. And um, we've been watching Breaking Bad, which believe it or not, we have never watched before. Um, everyone's been raving about it for six, seven years, and uh, we're about season four now. 
and we're pretty hooked up, uh, which I, don't, I do realize is not the right word to use when you're watching Breaking Bad because of the drug um, business that's going on. And um, I managed to sneak in a couple of Barca games here and there, uh, but I can never watch them because the girls are just so noisy around me, which is nice, obviously. I'm not complaining. But um, I watched the 2-6 from, you know, the, the winner, the Bernabeu, with Piquet scoring the, the last winner. That game was absolutely fantastic. And then I managed to watch the 5-0, the 5-0 the um, at the Camp Nou. Uh, when Madrid was arguably at their best under Mourinho's guidance, Cristiano Ronaldo, etc. But Barca was just sublime. So um, I do strongly recommend that if you don't have much time to watch TV, which I realize everyone's situation is different, um, if you're going to watch just two games, stick with those two because they're fantastic. Yeah, definitely a good place to start. When it comes to looking back at old games, Francis and I might be getting into that in weeks and months in the future. But for now, we're going to be doing a drafting, again, of the 1900s players. So no Messi, even no Xavi and Puyol, even though they debuted last century. We're just going to be drafting teams of players from last century. The lineup we're both going to be going with, this is predetermined, was that it, we're doing a 3-4-3, three, three, which seems to make sense. And when you hear the number of attackers that are going to be even left out of these lists, it's almost amazing to have to narrow it down to six up top. And don't be surprised if you see in that four in the midfield, you might see a, a player that usually might have been up top. So we are going to be taking <laughs> our loose liberties with the different players because Barca have certainly had a lot of strikers in front of goal in their time. And they might have to be pushed out to the wing. I went first when we drafted our team of the decade back in December, and I took Lionel Messi overall. So it's it's nothing but fair to have Frances Tomas go first today. So Frances, without further ado, who is your number one pick in our 1900s draft? Well, thank you so much for allowing me to go first. Um, I am certain that this is not going to be any surprise to anybody. My number one pick is Johan Cruyff. Yep. He was transformational in the 1970s. He played for us for five seasons, 1973 to 1978. And it wasn't just necessarily what he did on the pitch. is how he transformed the... I mean, I'm going to say the club, but even Catalan society and, and, and in turn Spanish political dynamics um, throughout his time at, at the Camp Nou. Um, obviously, the best match that he ever had, um, leading the team to a 5-0 victory at the Bernabeu, uh, that, you know, it was a slap in everyone's face, everyone, me and obviously the people from Madrid and the rest of Spain. And uh, it was just very, very enjoyable. Obviously, 143 appearances and 48 goals, which by Lionel Messi's standards is next to nothing. But if you put it in context of, of the fact that Barca were not really a winning club at the time, and to be honest, Barca have never really been a winning time at the caliber that we're seeing today. They've always pretty much second to Real Madrid until the 1990s, pretty much. Um, so, Cruyff's transformational attitude and being and the influence in Barca uh, puts him first. Three Ballon d'Ors as an FCB player um, obviously speak for themselves as well. Yep, I figured you'd go Cruyff, and I, I was preparing for that. So, I have to take an attacker here, but the question is which attacker? And... I think that there, and there's a ton of options, some Spanish and some Hungarian and some Brazilian. And so I have landed on a Brazilian just because I think this is a play that you're going to take four or five. So I'm going to actually go with the one season of Ronaldo, that being the Brazilian Ronaldo, 1996 to 97, 34 goals in 37 games. So this is on the pretense that I have to win 
one match with players at Barcelona. So if I have to play one match with this team of 11, I am going to back the Brazilian Ronaldo. Again, he was just 20 when he was at Barcelona. He was still healthy, and he didn't have any of the injuries that plagued him for the rest of his career. 47 goals and 49 uh, 49 games in all competitions in that one season that wound up winning him the Ballon d'Or after the fact. He is... He won the Golden Shoe that season, joining Messi and the Uruguayan Luis Suarez, the only two Barca players to win that award. So that is why my first pick is Ronaldo with the second overall pick. And then I actually was looking at this, and there are so many attackers. And Frances, I'm almost hedging my bet that your attackers are going to wind up being better than mine. So I've got <laughs> to take the best defender that Barca had. I also want to add some goal scoring in the defense. So I think you know that I am now going to be picking the second Dutch player that we have selected in our draft, and I'm going to go with none other than Ronald Koeman, whose goal, no, whose goal scored that. in the 1992 oh, European Cup final at Wembley. I have to, yeah. So Johan Cruyff might be leading your team, but I'm going to take the uh, the Dutch defender because it is true. It is interesting to see, though, Frances, that there surely is a huge drop-off when it comes to defenders on our list. And you could even argue the same is going to be midfielders. So the interesting thing is the fours might be the better players and you should take them higher. But when it comes to the depth of, of success, we do remember and we do credit. If I learned anything from making this list is that we do credit the forwards because they're the ones who score the goals. They're the ones who make the memories. But when it comes to the core of these teams, especially the ones from, for what we always talk about, from the ones from the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, if you didn't watch a midfielder in the 30s or 40s because the game has changed so much and, and players were much, it was just more physical, even, even through the 80s, players were more physical in the midfield and defense. They had different jobs. There was no such thing as an attacking fullback. So I bet you all six of our defenders, for both of us, are probably going to be center backs. And we just used it in that 3-4-3 because there was the left back and the right back were generally, when you're talking the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, they were kind of the players to be forgotten on the pitch. They didn't, they defended, but they weren't big enough and strong enough to patrol in the middle as center backs. So they kind of get pushed out to the wings. And I found that was quite interesting. And by wings, I actually just mean back on the, on the back line. So yeah, I found that all interesting as I was doing this. And that's why, so I've got Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo and Ronald Coleman, two and three. Ah, that was the pick. Kuman was the pick. That was the crucial one. And you've already sort of explained why. Okay. I think I'm going to do what you predict. Obviously, we haven't spoken about this before we started recording. I'm just going to complete the forward line. So with my second pick, I go for Maradona. Um, mm. I know that he only played for Barca for two years. I know that he only won one Copa del Rey, one European Super Cup, and one Copa de la Liga. And I also know that he obviously was injured, um, injured once for long term and once um, he was ill. But regardless, I think... If Maradona is there for the taking, Maradona gets picked, you know. Yep. Um, obviously, what he did at Barca is incredible. But if you think about his performances afterwards with Napoli and also with Argentina winning the two World Cups, I think that not picking Maradona would have been suicidal considering that I really want my team to win this game. So Maradona is my second pick because of the obvious reasons that I just described. And I'm going to go for Kubala. Um, Kubala was the reason, obviously also a forward, Kubala was the reason why the Camp Nou had to be built in the 1950s. Um, he was incredibly influential, spending 11 seasons with us, scoring 194 goals and contributing to four La Ligas, which by today's standards may not look like much, but as I explained before, Barca haven't always uh, been as prolific in, in winning, especially La Liga titles, um, 
throughout throughout history. So I think Kubala obviously an incredibly strong um, forward who was Hungarian, and then obviously because of the time he spent in Spain, also uh, got Spanish nationality. Um, he became became involved with the board after his retirement. Also the coaching staff. He even coached the Spanish national team at at one point. So I think that because of everything he did on the pitch mainly, but also the influence in in Catalan history and and Barca history. Kubala is my third pick, and therefore my forward line is now finished. So you can pick anyone else you want. All right, we'll step aside for a second, and let's hit that break. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online waging experts. Now back to the show. Yeah, so that will mean that you certainly do have a more talented forward line. And so I'm going to attack the midfield before you catch up there. And I'm going to go with another Ballon d'Or winner. And it's going to be the only Spanish-born player ever to win the Ballon d'Or. So I'm going to reinforce my midfield, or really start my midfield, with Luis Suarez, that being the Spanish one. He was a Barca legend as an attacking midfielder, playing in six seasons uh, where he did win the Ballon d'Or. But I do keep in the back of my mind that he has an ability to play as a deep-lying playmaker, depending on your pick. So I, whether or not I put him as an attacking midfielder as he in his Barca days, which is probably where he belongs, but again, he could also play as a deep-lying playmaker. And we know that's actually where he played his best football as well. So if, if push comes to shove, that is what is going to happen. The uh, Acoruña-born Suarez isn't necessarily a Catalan player, but again, a Spanish-born player that winds up coming to Barca in 1955. And he was the one that, I, you don't know how much that Kubala and Zoltan Zibor and Sander Kosius and Evaristo, they relied on Luis Suarez to pull the string. So I go with Luis Suarez here. And then as much as I would love to stay away from the forward line, there's just so many talented players there. And I'm going to have to continue to chip away at players that I think that you're going to take. Uh, and I know that's a, a, probably a bad way to do it, but to play defensively, but I'm going to take another one of the Brazilians from almost the turn of the century. Can you guess who it is? Romario? Oh, see, now I've played my hand because I'm actually going to go Rivaldo on this one. So I want to pair Ronaldo with Rivaldo, who did win the Ballon d'Or for his success at Barcelona, also the FIFA World Player of the Year, winning only four trophies, again, due to the era that he was in. But he did score 130 official goals in 137 matches. So while I was considering taking a Cesar Rodriguez at this point, Cesar Rodriguez scored a lot of goals over a large amount of time, and that is what puts him second on the all-time Barca list. That's why he was in the top 10 in our top 50 rankings from a week ago. But I pick Rivaldo because he was such a big-time player. His 31 goals in international competition puts him second behind Messi. So, if again, it's when the moment calls, he's also a player that won the World Cup, partnering with Ronaldo and Ronaldinho. So I know that partnership work, works, and he scored five in seven games in the World Cup in 2002. So Rivaldo, again, I'm trying to win one match. I'm going with another player that I think is going to come out for that big game. So my next two picks wound up being Luis Suarez, the Spanish one, and Rivaldo. Okay. All right. Good Good decisions there. Um, I want to get inventive. I don't know if you're going to allow me to do this, but I'm going to pick my attacking midfielder, and I'm going to pick Paulinho Alcantara. Now, am I allowed to do that? I mean, I guess so. 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, good, good, so good. In, in those times, in those times, Frances, when Paulina Alcantara played, they basically played five up top. So the, the argument is that Paulina Alcantara certainly, he was one of the farthest ones forward. So it does put a little asterisk next to it. But because they played five in the front, it was a different era. So the idea is if you planted him on your team now, maybe he would have been the attacking midfielder. He certainly was a diminutive player that could kind of do a little bit of everything. And his ability on the ball was greater than I think almost everybody around him as well, maybe other than Josep Cementier. So I, I, it will allow it. Yeah, good. Excellent. That's, that's very kind of you. So um, the way I see this formation is Kubala and Paulinho Alcantara sort of moving, moving into spaces, helping each other and pretty much taking the striking position between them with Paulinho starting further behind. Um, you described him fairly well already, so, so that's good. I'm just going to add points here. 369 goals in 357 games. Obviously, that's more than one goal per match, which is incredible, especially given the fact that this throughout history, the only person that in, in Barca history has been able to do this or, or get close to it is actually Messi. Debuted at 15 years old um, in 1912. So that's quite, quite a long time ago. <laughs> and um, yeah, I am just determined to have him in my team. Um, he was nicknamed Romper Redes which means the breaker of nets. And yeah, I think that because of, of the reasons that I've described, Paulinho should be my next pick. Now, if I'm going to do that, then I want to have Guardiola in my team. Um, I know that there may have been better midfielders, but um, based on the fact that I selected Cruyff and arguably Kubala because of similar reasons, I'm going to stick with that. So Pep Guardiola, obviously, he was the heart of Johan Cruyff's dream team. He was an extension of Johan Cruyff's brain on the pitch, the same way that Xavi was to Guardiola um, in later years. Um, he was our captain for pretty much the, the totality of his time in the first team, obviously because of the fact that he started as a ball boy at the Camp Nou and then developed all through La Masia to, to actually pass a B and, and be promoted by, by Johan Cruyff. Um, his first game obviously being played against Cadiz in, I think it's 1989 or 1990, I'm not quite sure, but one of those two. He was... The leader of the Champions League winning team in 1992, which, you know, it shouldn't have been our first one, to be honest, but it ended up being because we messed up in the couple of finals before then, especially in 1986. And yeah, he's going to be our eternal captain forever and ever. And he was hugely influential in arguably the second best Barca team in history, which was Johan Cruyff's dream team. So Pep Guardiola is my cerebro. He's my, my brains in the middle of the Barca team. Yeah, I feel like you've got me on the back foot here. I, I think your team is really shaping up well, particularly with uh, Barca legends. And so I, I think I mentioned him already, but I'm going to go with Cesar Rodriguez to finish my front three, if you will. Just again, 232 official goals. He is second on that list behind just Messi. So I do go with Cesar Rodriguez in this spot. Captured his only Pichichi trophy in 48-49 with 27 goals in 24 games. It could also be 28, but El Palucas, or the wig man, was one of the great goal scorers who could score with his feet. He could score with his head and being able to do the variety of different things, basically being the poacher here. Ronaldo, Rivaldo, they will create and they will build the goals and create the goals. And I trust Cesar Rodriguez to hit it home. And so you did take Guardiola, who was going to be my next pick. So that means that I'm going to have to scramble to continue to fill out my midfield and basically go a little bit farther down my depth chart. But I have to go with one of the best dribblers that Barcelona have ever had and, and go back to the well of the dream team. And that is with Michael Laudrup, because the nine trophies the Dane, the Dane won from 89 to 94, I think he doesn't actually do his Blagrana career justice. Again, I think we are 
almost tilted because without that Bosnian ruling, without there only being four players allowed, that being Ronald Coleman, Stoichkov, and Romario, if Laudrup was able to actually play at Barcelona in every match and not have to be pushed on the sideline because of that only three foreign players rule, then Laudrup, I assume, would have stayed at Barcelona and he would have continued to win trophies. And the 4 nothing loss to AC Milan was his end of the club and the end of a lot of different players from that Dream Team era. But I, I think that if that doesn't happen and the three foreign players role isn't in effect. Now, I think even if the 4 nothing happens, uh, Laudrup would have been out. But it, I, I would tend to think that he would have continued on. But again, I think just watching his ability to dribble and to break lines, uh, it's one of those things where with the team that I'm trying to fill around, I'm almost just trying to overpower you with the ball. So I just hope that as much as your team has individual talent much better, I'm hoping that when my team gets the ball, we don't give it back. So my next picks, again, were Cesar Rodriguez up in the middle, and then Michael Laudrup in my midfield. All right, so back to me then. Um, I'm going to, because there's been many different goalies in, in Barcelona history that were fantastic. So um, before you get first pick, I'm going to go ahead. My first pick for goalie is going to be Antoni Ramayets. Uh, he won 18 titles for Barca. He played for the vast majority in the 1950s and 1960s decade. And he won six La Ligas and five Copa del Rey, um, which obviously weren't Copa del Rey at the time, but Spanish, Spanish Copas, Copas Españolas. Um, he was a modern footballer um, in the sense that he was ahead of his time. Um, he wasn't sort of playing with his feet like Ter Stegen does today, but obviously he was um, able to come away from the line, um, always playing as a sweeper, so keeper sweeper sort of thing. And he was incredibly talented in terms of ball distribution, but most importantly, uh, he was a fantastic goal stopper. In fact, when Victor Valdez was promoted to the first team, he was very often compared to him. And um, Antoni Ramayets clearly had a great influence, not just as a player, but also he became involved at ball level um, and coaching level moving forward as well, similarly to what I said earlier about Kubala. So my next pick is Antoni Ramayets. And my next pick, just because I haven't picked any yet, I'm going to go for a defender. I'm going to stick with Migueli, uh, Tarzan Migueli, like Tarzan Migueli, uh, that played in, in Barca for pretty much two decades, from 1973 to 1989. He was an incredibly... He was different from the defenders who got at Barca pretty much today in terms of Puyol and Piquet. He wasn't even a combination of those. He was a really, really strong, aggressive, sort of high-intensity defender that basically didn't leave any ball go astray. He won 11 titles for Barca, he played an incredible amount of games, that is 664, and he was influential, becoming the team captain, etc. And he was a model for defenders around him and obviously moving forward in history. I figured you would take, Miguel, you needed a center back in the middle, but I'm going to follow suit, Frances, and my center back here is going to be captain of the team in the 50s, that being Juan Segarra. He's just not even too talented, but he was Carlos Puyol before Carlos Puyol was... I think Barcelona's greatest captain. Juan Segarra's nickname was the great captain. So the Catalan-born defender was a center back, but he could also play at left back. Played 16 years for the club, 577 games. Uh, it's difficult to ever see him smile, but he was all business. Uh, and I think that he will certainly... You're noticing I have a ton of different Brazilians who like to have fun in my squad. So I figured I need to <laughs> counterbalance that with a man who knows nothing but seriousness and a desire to win trophies. Okay, Frances, so I gave you the Paulinho Alcantara mulligan, so I'm going to take my own mulligan and add a third Brazilian, basically pushing Rivaldo back to an attacking midfielder role, 
and then putting Luis Suarez back a little bit farther as well, that being the Spanish one, obviously. Uh, so I'm going to go with Romario here. Uh, he won the Pizzici Trophy after shooting his way to that title in one of his two seasons at Barcelona, FIFA World Player of the Year, 30 goals in 33 league games. He was part of that 5 nothing win against Real Madrid at the Camp Nou, as well as in the summer of 1994 at the World Cup, the player of the tournament. Just awesome. Uh, again, he his lifestyle, like a lot of the different players uh, on this list, you've got Maradona, and I think Maradona went the hardest of all. Let's put it that way. So, But I do have Romario and Rivaldo and some of the other Brazilians that were known for some of their antics off the field. So I'm going to, again, push back Rivaldo a little bit in my formation. I guess that puts Rivaldo in the midfield. But I trust that his versatility is going to allow him to help with the buildup a little bit more. And that means that Romario and Rivaldo join Cesar Rodriguez in my front three. And I join again Juan Cigar at the back. So it's back to you. Well, that's a very, very good pick right there as well. Um, I'm happy that I've got my three forwards already um, lined up and, and ready to go. I'm not quite sure what to do next uh, because obviously you did allow me to put um, Paulinho Alcantara in midfield. So I don't want to do that again. Um, I've got another couple of forwards that I want to put in there. Right. Isn't it funny uh, that I, I don't know how we pick as much as it, it's awful to say, but I don't think Stoichkov, because of the way we set this up, gets picked, right? I think he's going to be the best player not to get drafted. Possibly. I was considering to get him as a left midfielder, but I think that's abusing the system a little bit. So yeah. um, I'm just going to be, I'm going to go with my heart, you know, like I'm, as our regular listeners know, um, I played football from a very early age um, in, in Barcelona, not for Barca, but for all the local teams. And um, I normally played as a fullback um, in my formation years. Um, I then became a centre-back um, when I became a little bit slower and, and stronger, to be fair. Um, but my models were Sergi Barjuan and Albert Ferrer. Um, they were two fullbacks. Sergi Barjuan obviously uh, doing the Jordi Alba role on the left and Albert Ferrer doing the Danny Alves role on the right. Um, they were pretty much the same. Um, they played in the 1990s. Um, they were hugely influential for, for Johan Cruyff's formation. And even though they didn't always coincide in years, because um, Albert Ferrer started playing beforehand um, pretty much um, at the same time that Guardiola did in the early 1990s and late 1980s, they were the ones that were pushing the dream team forward. They were the ones that became braver moving forward. And that was really, really unusual. Um, as you know, obviously, Johan Cruyff, as a manager, invented or, or was pioneering in the sort of European center stage a lot of things in terms of fullbacks running the byline, crossing, etc. And because I cannot decide which one to pick, I'm going to pick both. So Sergi Bajuan as a left back and Albert Ferrer as a right back. So I'm going to continue on along. As you notice, my 3-4-3 is basically going to have the three center backs. And I'm going to hope that they can keep things solid there at the back. So my next pick is going to be another player. By the time he was on the Dream Team, it was at kind of the end of his career with Barcelona. But still, he was able to do a bunch of winning there. Because my next pick is Jose Ramon Alexanco. So again, you have opted for the outside backs, and I have opted to go with three center backs at the back. Barca win the 1988 Copa del Rey final against Real Sociedad because of, again, another club captain in Alexanco, or Talin, as he was nicknamed, won 16 total trophies at the club, 13 years the Basque center back played for the Blaugrana. And so I go with Alexanco, again, just to shore up that back line with plenty of leadership, almost offsetting uh, what I expect 
I, I would be interested, Frances, to watch my training sessions because, again, with the seriousness you have of the Sagara and Alexanko and the seriousness for which they, they took every day, but then you, you juxtapose that with Romario and Rivaldo and, and Ronaldo, uh, I expect things to get a little wild at practice. Um, but if, they, if they're able to figure everything out, uh, I really do have a little bit of faith in my team. So that means that I'm going to then pick my fourth midfielder. And with this... It is interesting to see, too, because, Francis, I don't know when you were making this up, but it seems like with midfield, there is a huge drop-off. Right now, I do have Rivaldo playing as an attacking midfielder, Luis Suarez somewhere behind him, Laudrup somewhere behind him. Uh, so that means I basically do need a, almost a destroyer, if you will. But I found that there is, after Laudrup, it's basically Luis Suarez, Guardiola, Laudrup, and then there is quite a bit of a drop-off in terms of talent when it comes to midfielders. So I, I have found that that is the case, and I think that it's... Not that I can't go wrong here, but I think I'm going to go with a guy who didn't even make our top 50, believe it or not. But in hindsight, I think Bern Schuster as the best player for Barca, maybe in the 1980s, the way this football or this football match might go down, I think I need a player just to solidify that, the defensive acumen. He was a physical force, one of the best athletes on the field in the way that Kubala, one of the big reasons Kubala was so successful in his time at Barca was because he was just a natural athlete. He was just a natural. He was better than everyone else because he was bigger. He was stronger. He was faster. And that's why Kubala could go out to the, and have a late night, if you will, and then show up, barely show up for training and barely show up the next day. That's why Helena Herrera got so angry at him, but yet Kubala would still be the best player on the field. Uh, and Schuster did take care of himself much better. It was just an imposing presence. Uh, he could have been better on the ball, sure, and those Barca teams didn't do as much winning. But yeah, I'm going to go with the destroyer here and uh, basically solidify my midfield. So I think that's going to leave me with then one final pick, and I have to just pick a goalkeeper when all is sudden done. All right, no, I totally agree with what you said. Um, there isn't, there really aren't many superstars in midfield that haven't been picked yet. So um, because of that, and because of the fact that. Sergio Bajuan and Albert Ferrer, they're just going to be zooming forward. I need to get someone in midfield who's going to actually hold the fort because otherwise Paul Migueli is going to be um, very frustrated very often. Um, so as a result, and because I've already got Pep Guardiola, who is more creative, um, I'm going to have Jose Maria Vaquero. Obviously, he was the captain of Johan Cruyff's dream team, um, won 14 titles over 12 seasons. And um, I was actually at the Camp Nou in his last match, you know, and, and the whole stadium was just so grateful for everything he had done over the years. And um, he was someone that didn't always look forward with passes. He was, um, he was what, what Cruyff needed because um, everyone else was just so minded to, to go and, and attack the opponent's goal. So Vaquero did not hesitate to pass horizontally and even pass back a lot of the time. I, I remember you know, my, my cousins who were older than me at the time making fun of Vaquero for not always looking forward and, and being much more conservative. But I think that Given the other players in my team, especially like Maradona and Croy, that they're not really on uh, Kubala, let's face it, they're not really going to be defending all Paulinho Alcantara. I think I need someone more more conservative, someone that you know has a good head on, and obviously someone who is also a captain alongside Pep Guardiola. So Jose Maria Vaquero, and then my last pick again for midfield is going to be Guillermo Amor, because if you go Vaquero and you go Guardiola, you may as well have Guillermo Amor, which was in my eyes a mixture between Guardiola and Xavi even though Guardiola and Xavi, I think, were better players. But he was uh, a La Masia product. In fact, he, I think he was one of the first, if not the first, La Masia product to actually make the, the first team. He understood what Cruyff wanted, and he deployed himself as a very clear example 
of what Barca was going to become in the future. So uh, my midfield, it would be Guardiola, Vaquero, Guillermo Amor, and Paulino Alcantara as an attacking midfielder. So there you go. So that does it for your team. We'll go over that in a second. I just have to pick a goalkeeper. So do I go with Ricardo Zamora? That is kind of cheating because he really was not a Barcelona legend, even though he spent uh, a little bit of time, but almost not enough where we didn't even put him in our top 50, even though the best goalkeeper in Spain award is named after Ricardo Zamora. But the, basically the choices I think come down to Zibi Zareta, who would be the goalkeeper of the dream team, or Ferenc Platko, who is the Barca goalkeeper from the basically the early editions of the team when they had their first heyday, if you will, uh, in the 20s. So he came in 1922, and I, I think as much as I do like Zubi Zareta, I'm interested to see what a guy like Ferenc Platko, the first Hungarian actually ever to play, maybe he can do a little bit of Hungarian trash talking to L- Laza Kubala. So again, it's, everything here is to try to get into the head of Laza Kubala. But So I'm going to go with the first Hungarian ever to play for Barcelona. And I, I, the reason it wasn't about going against Zubi Zareta, because I, I think he was deserving of this spot, I, probably the better Barcelona legend. But again, for Plotko, we didn't really get to see him, obviously. There's no footage. You just have a bunch of pictures. But what we do know is that he made close to 200 appearances for the club in just seven seasons. He's the player that helped them win their very first edition of La Liga. He also won three Copa del Rey trophies in the 20s and six Catalan championships. Then he wound up being a two-time manager as well. So he does have a good head on his shoulders there. And uh, maybe it's just that maybe as our players come out, the, they can just continue to read the poem by Rafael Alberti, the Ode to Platko, which was for somebody at that time to, to write something about the greatness of a goalkeeper. It just tells you how exceptional it was because at that time in particular as well, uh, goalkeepers weren't really known for their athleticism or their ability to affect a match. It really was they stood on their line, they tried to make some stops for it. So for him to be so amazing that someone would write something about him, I would be I would love just again to be curious to see more from Ferenc Platko. So that is my goalkeeper here. So that wraps it up. Uh, I guess we'll go over quickly our two teams and Frances, just on quick look as I was writing things down, you know, I think my team of the decade was a little bit better, and obviously I did have Messi. But even without Cruyffin going first, Frances, I thought you just did a great job of picking away at, at the best players over and over again. Arguably, you have three of the four best attackers in Barcelona history, uh, not named Messi or from this or Luis Suarez from this century. So I think you really did a great job with your front line in particular. I give the edge of the midfield to I give me the edge in the midfield, and then I think our def- defenses are just different. You have the two fullbacks, and I've got three center backs. So in conclusion, let's go, Frances. Your team is Johan Cruyff, Lazo Kubala, Paulinho Alcantara, as well as Diego Maradona. And then you have Pep Guardiola, Jose Marie Baccaro, and Guillermo Amor. And then you have Migueli, Sergi, and Ferrer at the back, and Ramayets where you also have the nod in the goalkeeping uh, in between the, 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 pi- the posts as well. And then for my team, Cesar Rodriguez leading the line with Ronaldo, Rivaldo, and Romario. So a trio of Brazilians helping out. Rivaldo will be my attacking midfielder as you have Polino Alcantara as yours. And then I have Luis Suarez, Michael Ladrup, and Bern Schuster in my midfield supporting Rivaldo. And then the front three. And then I have Ronald Coleman in the middle. Again, that's probably my big win here, is that I had to take Ronald Coleman with my third overall pick. So you wound up really taking advantage of that with the forwards. But that's why I took probably the by far the best center back on this list. And then Juan Segarra and Jose Ramon Alexanco with my goalkeeper being Ferenc Placo. So I don't know, Frances. I think I've got a little bit more balance to my team, but I think your team is just all around better. Well, 
I was just thinking your defense is very slow because Kuman wasn't particularly fast and neither were the others. Um, arguably, Segarra was a little bit faster. So I think I could I could kill you in that, in that <laughs> respect. But um, I like the fact you got the three Brazilians. You know, you did well there. But, you know, um, as always, I had lots of fun picking up this team. And uh, I think that our listeners now need to go into our Facebook group and tell us which team was better. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to call it the, the listener group, Frances, but they seem to be nicer to you sometimes than when I make lists. So I, I think that they're again going to have, you're going to be the apple of the eye, you're going to be the teacher's pet again, Frances, but we'll have to see exa- exactly, uh, again, how much people, there are certain players that I think are almost underrated with Barca in Barca history. Luis Suarez, that being the Spanish one, I, I don't think we often speak of him as this Ballon d'Or winner that was one of the best players in the world at the time, mm-hmm. and I think part of that is because Real Madrid were get were at when when Luis Suarez is at Barcelona, Real Madrid obviously with the European Cup at the time they were just winning and winning and winning, and Barca were looking across the way and looking at Alfredo Di Stefano, who would obviously had been maybe our second overall pick if he had played for Barcelona, as I featured in the What If YouTube video last week. So I think that Luis Suarez is almost a criminally underrated player for when he played at the club. Again, a guy like Laudrup, if he's able to stay in the team, a lot of what ifs, I think, on my squad, because even Ronaldo, if Ronaldo had stayed three seasons, maybe he's the second overall pick behind, well, he was anyway, but maybe he would have been closer to being picked to Cruyff and instead of having Cruyff be the easy number one. If Ronaldo spends six seasons at Barcelona, I mean, and doesn't get hurt, who knows what that looks like. So I think I have a lot more question marks, you're right, in my team as well. But we will put those on the Facebook group. So if you're in the closed Facebook group, let us know who you think has won this one today. Uh, This is, again, all the players from the 1900s. If you want to hear our team of the decade, that came out in December. So that had a lot of players, obviously, including Iniesta and players that played in the aughts, but who also played uh, last decade, that being 2010 to 2020. So Messi, Iniesta, Puyol, guys that did have an effect last decade, who basically are the team of the new century. So if you want that, go check out the team of the decade. But that wraps it up. Again, a fun day from Frances and I. Thanks for tuning in and enjoying this with us. Tap in your app and check out the show notes to subscribe. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter at the Barcelona Pod or at Hilton D13 for me on Instagram at the Barcelona Pod. Our closed Facebook group is tbpod.link backslash group. Deeper dives and discussions. Patreon, we do not have anything going on when the quick take match review and football returns. That's where that'll be. But it also, again, helps continue to have the show be made. And we're on YouTube at the Barcelona Podcast. Things are working over there. We're doing a lot of work on the YouTube side of things the video content so subscribe give us a like on every video uh it it is at this juncture again the podcast we enjoy that everybody's listening but if you could just again give us a quick subscribe there that'd be really helpful to the the big picture if you will so that would be a help over there so thanks so much for that and the last thing i want to note as whoever is still listening to the show if you do want to come on as a guest you have to become a patron unless it's it's basically invite because I kind of vet people and I figure out who can who or who I trust in a situation to be a voice that is influential. And I, that's why we started the show by saying influential voices in the FC Barcelona community. So I do vet the guests that we have uh, before I bring them on. But if you are just, we'll say, uh, just a regular fan or somebody who likes the podcast who wants to come on, just become a patron. And then when I do my yearly patron episode, you can agree to it there. And so that is what I would tell everybody that I, I do keep getting a, a few questions about wanting to come on the show. It's not just one person. It, it's a bunch of different people. So that is my answer on that. So unfortunately, Francesca, I got to end it on a little bit of a sour note, but we want to thank everybody for listening to Barcelona Podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. And Forza Barca. Forza.
everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.